0: What is going on, Breakthrough Success listeners? Mark Verde, business freelance writer here. In this episode, we're going to talk about tiny business, big money. What is that? It's how you can, with a small team, make a seven-figure business. A lot of people think that you need to have this giant team, this giant payroll in order to support a multi-million dollar business. We're going to break down how you can move quickly with your business and with only a few team members, be able to scale it to seven figures with the right idea and the right mentality. Our guest who joins us in this episode today, she is an independent journalist and ghostwriter who specializes in small business and entrepreneurship. She is the author of Tiny Business Big Money. This will be the book we talk about for the bulk of the episode. The book reveals how small teams are spearheading multi-million dollar businesses. Her other book. The Million Dollar One-Person Business details how solopreneurs are breaking $1 million in revenue in businesses with no employees except the owners. So whether you want to tackle it solo or have a few team members, it is possible to build a seven-figure business. We are joined by none other than Elaine Poifelt to discuss how we can make this happen. Elaine, welcome to Breakthrough Success. Thank you so much, Mark. Great to be here. Aline, it is such a pleasure to have you on Breakthrough Success. And just this idea of having the seven-figure business, whether it's you on your own or just a few team members, it makes it more attainable for so many people. But with business, we have to make sure that we are coming up with the right ideas. So I'm wondering if we could start off with how do we come up with ideas for businesses that have multi-million dollar potential?
1: Well, that's that's the million dollar question, right, Mark? But in interviewing the 50 entrepreneurs for this book, and there were about 40 in the other book, all at seven figures, I, I found out a few things. One is a lot of times it's adjacent to things you already do because that takes away the learning curve. A lot of people don't just want to make seven figures. They want to get there quickly, like in this universe, in this lifetime, not uh, 50 years from now. And so if you um, find something in your current work, where there's a gap in the marketplace, that's a good place to start, Um, or in your personal interests. I know um, one couple Colin and Angie Raja started rim sports and he was a boxer in India, they started doing CrossFit and she found that a lot of the CrossFit gear was in sort of bland colors and they made them in colors that would appeal to women. So it was it was something they did in their personal life. It, it might be something like that. It could be you're a software developer and you notice that there's no app to do such and such, um, but you, you, you've you saved that whole learning curve of researching a whole new industry. You know how that is when you're like Googling around, watching YouTube videos, trying to find out about things. It takes so much time. This saves a lot of time.
0: I mean, I think people underestimate that there are so many different ways to make it. And sticking with what you know, being able to, I mean, all businesses at the very core, it's about solving problems. And when you focus on your area of expertise and you look for problems that can be solved and uh, how you can solve those problems by creating a product or service, it's a lot better of a transition versus searching for some idea that's outside of your area of expertise. Uh, So definitely really good insight to just focus on what you know. One of the other challenges a lot of people have though is some people, they get really excited about an idea and then they go through all their savings to make it happen. And then they find themselves in this very desperate situation. And you have other people who don't want to spend a single penny how do we balance the idea of investing in our businesses which is something that a lot of people should do versus putting the whole bank on the line
1: oh that's that's also a really good question these entrepreneurs are in a part of entrepreneurship that is lighter on risk a lot of times you know when you're doing a traditional startup it, you're kind of a high roller right you you want to scale make it the next unicorn But with the tiny business that makes big money, the idea is to have a great little boutique business that brings in a lot of money, but you still have a great lifestyle. So you're not having to bet the farm to get a huge financial result. You're still getting a great financial result. Um, So it's small experiments. It could be things like just testing you know, which pay-per-click ads work best for you and for your business, and then amplifying that. One one of the entrepreneurs, Anna Gavia, sells bikinis. Uh, the, the business is called Pink Colada. And what she did with her small experiments was, first she put up a picture of her bikini design. She was a medical student actually, but she liked to draw on, um, well, she, she had one sample made. She put up a picture of that put it on Instagram and saw if anybody even ordered it, a thousand people ordered it. So then she went back to the factory with these orders. They did a small run and she used that for the whole business. She's been scaling it up into the United States. It's over a million dollars now, but it was just her for a long time. And it was always don't make it if people aren't willing to order it. And it was as simple as that her startup capital was $200. That was it, she was a student. And she didn't waste a single penny of it. And I think she said the ad that she used to drive traffic to that picture was something like five or six dollars. So you, you can do a lot with very little if you're very disciplined and you don't try to force your will on the marketplace because a lot of us become zealots for our ideas and we're so passionate about them. But any kind of business, it's kind of like a book, it's a conversation with the people on the other side. So you may wanna express something and it's good to be persuasive and build up some excitement about it. But if people just aren't responding with excitement, then there's something wrong with the product, with the service, with the timing, something in your approach, you have to keep on experimenting. And if you still can't get any interest, then maybe you go to onto another idea. One thing about entrepreneurs, they have so many ideas, right? The next bright, shiny object. Sometimes you have to go on to the next bright, shiny object because the first one wasn't so shiny. Um, so that that's another thing I would suggest is just use your resources sparingly, but use them in the beginning on small experiments and tests.
0: I mean, I love the example you gave, a $200 budget. That's not a lot of money, relatively speaking, especially if you look at a type of budgets corporations have. But $200, it's you are investing in the business and the moment you invest in any way, any book, software, tool, anything, you all of a sudden pay a lot more attention to it. And it's amazing how far people can go if they are very conscious of how they're using their money and investing in their businesses. So uh, you you can start to see some excitement, some engagement, and learn from all of those numbers based on that small investment. Elaine, I know you've interviewed a lot of people for both of your books, and uh, a lot of the stories are an employee who turns into an entrepreneur. What would you say for the people you've interviewed is a common thread where they have the breaking point or the pivotal moment where they decide I'm done with being an employee, I'm going to become an entrepreneur. Uh, what would you say uh, inspire that mentality for some of the people you've interviewed?
1: Well, a lot of, you, you hit on it already, Mark. It's They reach the breaking point You know, in their job. There's usually some horrible boss. There's a lot of data right now that says people don't quit companies, they quit bosses. But a lot of people just stay on and grumble and are miserable and get an ulcer or whatever. These are the people that say I'm going to own my career. I'm not going to blame my boss anymore. I'm going to go out and do something about it. And not only that, I'm going to create my own job, career, business, and and I'm going to own that for better or worse. I'm willing to experiment with it. If it doesn't work out in the beginning, I'm not going to blame anyone else. I'm going to really get into it and get really good at it and bring the same energy that I brought to a traditional job to this. A lot of times people fail because they think, oh, I'm going to work whatever hours I want, and they can't achieve the results they want because they don't really put in the same hours they put into their old career. I'm not saying you have to. if you were working 10 hours a day that you should do that, but it's more energy. Like you started the show with a ton of energy. You got to bring that kind of energy to your entrepreneurship, or it's not going to take off because all the forces in society are telling you to get a job, right? From the time you were born, your parents were probably saying, when you grow up, what do you know? And, and with the, your best interests at heart, your teachers, your college professors, everyone's assuming you're going to get a job. So you're fighting against all the forces of society saying that that's the safe and smart thing to do, to even do this. So you've got to have that momentum inside of you. Part of it is is surrounding yourself with other people who are on this same trip, listening to podcasts. I think that's, it's like you can get a graduate degree in business by listening to all the great podcasts that are out there by entrepreneurs, people who write about entrepreneurship, people who study it. You can learn so much. You have to make the time for it. And, and Same thing with going to events and things. Being around people that have that mojo, it, it it's infectious, you know, and that'll keep you going because there's so many disappointments, right? Or you think one thing, you think this is going to work out and then it doesn't work out. You've got to keep yourself going. And I, I kind of look at it as a practice because I'm very into yoga and martial arts and both of them are practices you got to show up every time to get the breakthrough so if you're you know here and there on saturday you're working on your business you're not going to get anywhere because you have to have those days that you show up and you're not productive with the things you're doing don't work so that you learn what does work and it, i know like with yoga certain postures took me years to do like the headstand and one day i just got there and i'm doing the headstand and it was really easy I don't know why it worked that day, but now I always do the headstand. Same thing in your business. Like you you think you can't pitch a big company or something. One day you go and you figure it out why that day, who knows, but it has something
0: to do with the showing up. I mean, just showing up in general, you learn more about your industry. You're able to surround yourself with more people. Surrounding yourself with more people is one of the best ways to grow in any particular skill, uh, there's this popular quote from Jim Rohn, you're the average of the five people you spend most of your time with. I like to group the podcast in there just because I interview so many people on the show. I interact with the listeners. It is a big part of all the conversations that I have, especially ones geared towards business. Elaine, I know you mentioned the industry events. Uh, you can also do uh, online social media groups to interact with people uh, online. I'm wondering if, you see more value in the industry events versus the online groups and how to approach an industry event.
1: it It really depends, mark, on your personality because some people are extroverts, some people are introverts, some people um, they like to travel, some people don't like to travel, blah, blah blah. So so you have to think about what will I what will I do? first of all, what will I actually do? Um, And then where will I be comfortable? Where will I be at my best? A lot of these people in these books all know each other independent of me. They just know each other. How do they meet? Sometimes they're in masterminds. Sometimes they show up at in-person events and they gravitate towards what's best for their personality. and, And then they lean into that and then they don't do the other things that they're bad at. Because some people just they don't do in person, you know. They're just going to be awkward. They know that about themselves, so they meet online and they're they're totally comfortable and they make lots of friends that way. Could be WhatsApp groups. There's like WhatsApp groups. Like sometimes people write to me and they're like, "I'm in so and so's WhatsApp group," and it's like, "Okay, fine." You know, like that's it's a good way to meet.
0: I mean, I love the fact that you have the online and the in-person options and. You can decide, obviously, which one you prefer, but being in those environments often, it allows you to connect with people who are on that journey. A lot of the best-selling authors, they know other best-selling authors. A lot of the podcasters, they know other podcasters. Being very intentional for who you surround yourself with can help a lot when it comes to setting up a tiny business that makes big money, another thing that will help you guys do that is to grab your copy of Elaine's book because that book it you've interviewed fifty people in that book something like that I mean that takes a lot of time to a lot of stories to uh, craft a book like that and the I, I've been I've looked at some of the stories and it's just amazing to see how quickly you can scale your business so. Uh, definitely make sure you get Elaine's book. You will have it in the show notes of this episode. Uh, do you have any other uh, tips, insights, or just places we can find your work?
1: Well, I, I would say, you know, if you're reading the book, it has a lot of case studies. And I do that deliberately because you'll see that in any one industry, like say there are five or six e-commerce stories in the book. I think there are. Um, Each one of those people is a completely different person and has a different way of doing things. They've all gotten to seven figures doing very different steps. So you'll see, you know, how did they each do marketing? You're not gonna want to do what each one of them did. So which one of those things works for you? Take what you like and leave the rest and you put it together your own way. Sometimes people think, oh, like I want a list, like a a list you get with a piece of Ikea furniture to put it together and then I get to seven figures. It's not possible because each person is coming to the table with different resources, different connections. They're at a different stage of their career. They live in a different part of the world, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, it's, it's learning from other people's stories and then synthesizing it and saying, okay, you know, what do I have in common with these different people? Like, oh, I worked in marketing too. So like, maybe I really need to double down on that. And don't go to trade shows, you know, because I never did that. It's going to be a big learning curve. So anybody who picks up the book, I encourage you to really study the differences between the people in the the same industry. And it will give you a sense of the full range of, of things that you can do. It's kind of like a musician, like sometimes they jam together, right? Like, and you see, they could all sing the same song, but they're going to bring different things to the table when they sing it. And um, it sounds great with each one of them singing it, but they don't sing it the same way. Um, the, you can find the book on, you know, major booksellers, Amazon, etc. I write for Forbes a lot. Uh, and um, I actually just came out with the latest story on million dollar one person businesses. And they went up again. Now there are 43,000 in the country. And I know that's not that many, but these are like the elite athletes, the Michael Phelps of the one person business. And every single year that I've covered this since 2012 or 2013, I'm not sure. I think it was 2012. It's gone up. And I think that says something because there's a lot of communication. This is very grassroots and people are sharing information about how they amplify what one person or a tiny team can do to get big results. And as each person learns this information, they're applying it differently. And I think we're building up a really good set of collective best practices for things that people can do to get there much more quickly, more efficiently, with a better lifestyle. Interestingly, in um, tiny business, I did a survey of the entrepreneurs, and it was a simple survey, not like a scientifically tested one. But what I found was they got to 1 million in four years on average, and they hired their first employee in four years. So that four year mark to me is very interesting. And it's worthy of further study, like why that year, what happens in that year, what happens leading up to that year for them. So that's something um, very interesting. 88% exercise. And I thought that was interesting. I think that's huge. Yeah, that's a lot. And yoga, and I'm very biased because I go to hot yoga every morning. Yoga was the number one followed by strength training. And that said to me that these are people that take time to take care of themselves because when you think about it, if you had a food truck business and the food truck was in the shop, there's no food being sold. So when you're a one person business or even the owner, say you're owner of a tiny business, which I define as one to 20 employees, you have two employees, but you're down with COVID for a month or something like that. You're not getting much done in the business. So you really need to prioritize your health and wellness. I think to go on this journey, because you don't get sick pay right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, so, I mean, you might, if you set yourself up as an employee, but, but basically you're down for the count and you're not, you're not percolating new ideas. You're not doing R and D you're not out meeting new customers. So that was very interesting. There's a good uh, percentage of meditators. There were um, a number, I think it was about a third. They use business coaches, not all, but some of them do a significant number and masterminds were pretty popular also. But I think a lot depends on knowing yourself and trying things. Some people, they join these things and then they never show up because they're too busy or they just don't like that format. Don't beat yourself up. If you don't like it, there's so many other ways to grow your business and surround yourself with people that challenge you. And that I think that's also really important is to keep raising the bar on who you surround yourself with. I mean, you always want your relationships to be genuine, but there should be at least one or two people in your life that are pushing you outside of your comfort zone. For me, uh, it's my Taekwondo teacher because <laughs> mm-hmm. that doesn't come naturally to me at all. But um, it, you need people to push you beyond how you push yourself and or, or to even model it, even if they're not pushing you directly, like it could be a friend that you feel a little competitive with and they're just one inch ahead of you. I mean, that's why I picked the million dollar number because. If I said the $10 million one person business, that's too unattainable for most people. It's too far away. And if I say, yeah, I can make you into Elon Musk, first of all, I can't, there's only one, um, but it's too big of a goal. Like to say, you're gonna be a billion dollar entrepreneur. There's so few of them. But a million dollars is attainable by a lot of people. And I mean, the other thing, if you look at the latest Forbes post, there's a lot of people in the six figure category who are like at 500,000, you know, 750,000, they're gaining ground on that number. And it's just a number to show people that it can be done. And there are people doing it, they have certain things in common. These are not rocket science, it's things like not doing all the work of the business yourself, hiring contractors, outsourcing. If you you know you're selling on e-commerce, use fulfilled by Amazon. Use one of those services so you're not there packing boxes because that's not the highest and best use of your time. Um, use automation. There's one um, business called Price Series. It's a fully automated business. Rajesh Shrivastava. He worked in big tech and then he used his tech skills to fully automate it. He does these stock market reports. Every single aspect of that business is automated. There's a lot of creativity that goes into this. And although these ideas are not new, it's applying them and applying them simultaneously that there's sort of a gumbo that results, you know, where it tastes really good. It, it it There's a mystery to it. It's not like you do one, two, and three and it equals... But four, you know what I mean? It could equal seven, it could equal ten. And that's where the unknown of you as a person with a unique vision, with unique talents, with a unique network. You that's the adventure of it. You see where it takes you. And it's probably not where you thought, somewhere really interesting, usually.
0: I mean, breakthrough success listeners. We got a lot of great insights from Elaine. Some of the big ones being invest in yourself. Uh, great way to do that. you She's got some books that we will have in the show notes. You can check out her Forbes stuff as well. Just this idea, though, of investing yourself. We hear this time and time again. And when you continue to learn, you commit yourself to all this knowledge and uh, continue to learn from people in your industry. You, expand, you understand the full range of options. LinkedIn, great way to get clients. May not be the best for you, but it could be. But if you know the full range of possibilities, you know what's possible for your company and you know what to focus on in order to increase the likelihood of success. Elaine, this has been such a great episode. Thank you so much for joining in the show. I encourage Breakthrough Success listeners to get copies of Elaine's book and also to check out all of your Forbes articles. Thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you so much, Mark. And thanks for all you do for entrepreneurs.